Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. These are conversations with CEOs of digital companies, thought leaders, and solution providers about how you can become a level five digital workplace. For the show notes and transcript of this episode, go to thedigitalworkplace.com. Well, welcome back to the show. Today, our guest is Dewan Neely. Dewan is the COO at 1150 Academy and the former CIO of the state of Indiana. Hi, Dewan. How are you doing today? I'm good, Neil. How are you doing today? Excellent. It's always great to have you on the show. I'm excited for what you're going to share with us today. Uh, why don't you start off just telling us a little bit about your journey, both through government and then where you are right now? Yeah, sure. You know, journey hasn't uh, hasn't been that long, um, or, or I'd say um, uh, exciting, I guess. You know, I've kind of been at <laughs> kind of been at two places for the past almost 16 years. Um, uh, I did some IT consulting out of college for, you know, just over a year before I found state government. Um, and I found a passion in state government with, um, you know, just kind of the mission and um, existence for, for what we do there for the citizens of Indiana. And so spent the last 15 years there. For technology, for state government. So explain that more. Like, where does that come from? Yeah, so it was it was uh, something that I think found me. I didn't know it was there. Um, you know, I initially went into I, I did have passion for IT, and uh, I knew IT in the government space was big, and so that was a great opportunity for me um, that I was excited to do. What I didn't what I didn't know until a few years in was just how satisfying um, the mission is, the, the hard work that you do every day. You know, you can see direct impacts for what you're doing for the citizens, and it's not. It's not someone's, um, you know, some board's profit share. Or it's not a stock price, you know, or or a CEO's bonus. It's it's really somewhat more fulfilling um, when you put in long, hard hours and you're just beat down. You can always think back and say, "Wow, you know, we're doing this for a good reason." And I figured that out after a few years, and um, it really dr- drove me. Um, you know, probably that last decade or so, I was there. Yeah. Was there a particular project that you look back on and you're like, wow, that really made a, a big impact. I'm really proud of that. Absolutely. I, I think the biggest one was, um, you know, just by, uh, you know, timing and being in the right place. Um, you know, I happened to be at the state when um, Governor Mitch Daniels was elected. And, uh, you know, we all know he's um, you know, very smart guy, very cost conscious and uh, really great at, you um, managing finances and, and operations around that. And so Indiana at the time was not in the black. We didn't have a very good surplus. Um, and so one of his goals around that was to consolidate all of the IT throughout the executive branch, where at that time, and you know, this was just back in 2005, um, everyone did their own thing. You know, there was multiple email systems, there was uh, uh, multiple data centers. And he said, hey, let's, you know, we're one government here. Let's let's centralize this. And uh, that was the agency I joined that he created, the Office of Technology. And we spent the next four years doing just that um, across every executive branch, over 100 plus agencies. Um, and that was a that was a big deal. And I found out it was a bigger deal after being appointed to the state CIO and meeting peers in other states that were still trying to figure out how you do that. <laughs> wow. Hey, Indiana's done that. <laughs> so walk us through maybe, you know, you got 2005. A lot of, I think, the transformations that, that would happen at the state level, you would think would be mostly like citizen-facing, helping people to make things easier. 
But talk about that, that transition between that and then also internally employees. You want them to have a good experience. Uh, you want them to, to kind of go through those things. So when you're creating that digital workplace for state employees, what were some of the big issues you faced in building that? Yeah, I think it comes down to, um, you always say breaking old habits, but I think it comes down to getting getting folks and agencies, you know, uh, to break out of their silos. I think the biggest the biggest part of transformation inside of a, a place like state government is not just the people, um, you know, the agencies themselves within there sometimes acted like, you know, different people. And it's getting them, tra- the transformation is getting those agencies to interact more, um, which in, which makes things smoother for the citizen experience, you know, whether it's data sharing, um, you know, whether it's collaborating on a joint project, because um, most it's, it's very rarely you can get a service from the government that doesn't involve some, you know, more than one agency on the back end. In the past, unfortunately, citizens would have to figure that out on their own. Um, oh, by the way, to finish this last piece, you got to go over here. Um, but I think the smart states transform that to, to put those pieces together for the citizens so they don't have to know everything and uh, take care of that work on the back end form. So I think it was more getting agencies to think outside of the box. Let's think about state as a whole and what's that experience look like for the citizen as a whole. Um, and let's try to continue to make that better every day. So when you're creating, you know, basically, um, not really from scratch, but, you know, you have a blank slate, you're trying to make a what we'll call a digital workplace for the people that are, are working in the state. What do you feel like are the basic building blocks from the technology perspective that needed to be in place in order to just lay that foundation? I think it's a, a, a robust set of collaboration tools um, and um, you know communication tools from a from a telecom standpoint, and um, those things need to be um, you know ubiquitous. So they need to be able to run on. Uh, stand, you know, your typical desktop, a laptop, or mobile phone or iPad. Um, and I think uh, the other set of tools is a strong, a strong vision for um, software development, application development, and the large IT projects. I think those projects have to be geared at the front to push for, um, you know, platforms if possible, um, you know, web applications and not build, not continue to build these legacy client server based full install, um, you know, business apps. And I think states are starting to get that way. You go for the platform first and that platform is usually a, a cloud hosted platform. You know, there's lots of, there's so many things now on, that you can buy now instead of building. And those, those things that you can buy are much more flexible, easily accessible so that, uh, a worker can do everything they could do on an iPad if they needed to and not need, you know, the full horsepower and network connectivity of sitting in the office anymore. Yeah. You pair that with great collaboration tools on, on how to keep in touch and share information. And that's a good start. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of, when we look at technology, we separate out, you have your collaboration tools, you're talking about work and you have your work management tools. We're actually trying to get those things done and being able to give, employees, both those tools, there is a good thing. Do you see a possibility or what's your perspective on having those both on the same platform? Or is it more like a best of breed, like find one great collaboration tool, find whatever kind of work management tool you need separately? Or do you do you like seeing it all in one? Um, I mean, that's, that's a great question because um, it's something that I'm looking at in my current role right here. Um, you know, there are some tools that, that are getting closer to being able to bring that all in one. Mm-hmm. 
um, to where you can have your, you know, your document communication chat, you know, email solution suite, but then also have a sort of a planner type um, uh, project management type piece that's in there. It's, you know, it'd be really light. It's not fully functional, but it's at least a place to track schedules, to track progress and tasks. Um, And that's a good start for the, uh, you know, the, the, your typical employee. Um, I think where it gets, where you need something that's, that breaks out of that traditional collaboration suite and is more purposeful for management by objective, or I like to call them OKRs, Mm -hmm. objective results. Um, In order to really talk about that from a organizational viewpoint at a high level and push that down, um, I think those key objectives need to be tracked probably in a a purposeful system um, that, that usually stand alone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, and that's really the third part that we see is like this goal management or team management also needs to be a part of your full digital workplace. And yeah, very few, I haven't really seen any platforms out there that offer that as an integrated piece with the rest of it. So that might come soon. Well, let's transition a little bit. You talked about your current role. So tell us what is 1150 Academy? What are you guys doing there? And what prompted you to make the switch? Yeah. Um, gosh, all good questions. So, I mean, I'll start 1150 Academy is a not-for-profit uh, coding academy. So we, you know, our, our main uh, areas that we focus on teaching in is software development, web development, and cybersecurity. Um, and it's an immersive, very fast-paced uh, program. It's meant to get you in, um, I mean, literally feed you um, and, and kind of you know, quote unquote, beat you down with training and information um, in a short period of time. You know, 12 to 14 weeks is our normal course if, if you're not doing part time. So the goal is to get you in quick before life gets in the way. We all know the longer training yeah. and schooling and education goes, life can just pull you so many ways. So the faster you can get in and out, you have that better chance of success. And then um, we really measure ourselves. You know, if you talk about our OKRs, some key results that we look at at leadership all day long is, is placement. Um, our, our goal really is to get someone trained and, but also get them the skills they need from a professional standpoint um, to go after that career in technology and get placed. And we work with our, all of our graduates um, after they graduate the program to get them in a, in a career in technology. Cause that's, that's what they came to us for. And so you know, when you when you put it like that, our, our president says, you know, we're we're here to try to transform lives. If um, someone that maybe had a career that they didn't feel was going anywhere can now get in the tech field, which you know not only opens up a, a much higher potential um, earnings potential, um, but also allows flexibility and you know work life balance, ability to work different places, uh, makes them just more marketable all over. So that's really a a life transformation and. Um, our president has a goal to change this year to change um, a twelve hundred. We want to try to transform twelve hundred and fifty lives through our academy, um, and that's a mission that speaks to me. And that's kind of what pulled me when I had a breakfast with them on kind of that mission. The not-for-profit piece is really appealing to me because um, that speaks back to not having to, you know, speak to shareholders and make a bottom line. That really makes us so we can focus on just doing the right thing. Um, for our students and our graduates. And then the impact we can have on someone by training them for a career in tech um, to fill the shortage, because there's still a shortage out there as well, but to also give that person just the capacity for uh, a better quality of life and, and higher earnings potential. 
Yeah. Do you have a, a different perspective now that you've, I mean, you've been in, in tech for so long and now you're spinning out people in, in 12 to 14 weeks to try to get ready for that. What's your perspective on, on what somebody needs in terms of their basic skill set to get into those roles? Because, I mean, typically you think, okay, if you want a career, the model is, hey, go to a four-year university and spend a long time on that. Are you more of a believer now that says, hey, let's just get the basic skills, get in there, start doing it, and you'll learn as you go? Uh, yes, yeah, somewhat. Um, you know, and we're definitely not competing with the traditional four-year, you know, institutions and universities. <clears throat> I think when you look at it, there's always, you know, there's this kind of in-between spot. You got all the folks that do traditional education. And then in between spot where some folks and, and I meet them every day that just say, you know, that's that didn't feel right for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't I don't think I can do that for one thing. It's you know, it's long. and I just I didn't think it was a good path. So I'm looking for an alternative. And I think there's a there's a, a whole population of folks that want, that are looking for that alternative. And what we do here is we kind of wrap our program with not just the technical skills and they'll get the technical skills, but they do need more than that. It's we mold them in that professional sense. Um, we get them connected to industry. So it's having that ability to interact with people, to work on teams, to communicate um, effectively, you know, and just show up, you know, uh, be on time, those kind of things. And we kind of teach all that throughout the process as well. Um, that way they have the technical skills to maybe get their foot in the door and to do that entry role. But I think that the other things we added on from a professional sense and the ability to, to grow in a team and and be a good contributor professionally will help them then continue to excel uh, in, in the world. Yeah. So you're sitting in the COO seat now, which I feel like is one of the most essential ones when we talk about building that digital workplace. We're obviously still in the middle of all this pandemic. You got no one's really at the office you were talking about earlier. So when it comes to actually building an operating system of the internal workings of a company, like what was your your primary mission when you started? You said, okay, I got to get these pieces in place. Where are you now with that? Has your understanding shifted in that? What's it been like for you? Yeah, I think, um, and you know, this really speaks to the, the digital workplace too. I had just, before coming over, I had just finished a, about a year and a half journey with uh, my agency at um, the state, which was the Office of Technology. And we had about 400 employees there. Um, I just finished an exercise where I went through a whole um, OKR kind of makeover. Um, we had traditionally, when a, from a performance review standpoint, we had traditionally just met once a year, you know, pick some goals for that year. And then, you know, if we were lucky, the manager did some midpoint check-ins before getting to the end of the year and going through again. Um, <clears throat> so I took my leadership through a book called Change the Culture, Change the Game. Um, we read through that over a series of weeks and had some offsite meetings and we put together kind of our own internal objective and key results process. And then we rolled that out and we started managing that way. And, you know, that's a, that's a big, a big task. It was a lot harder than I thought. Um, I'm hoping it's still in place, but <laughs> yeah. I finally started seeing the fruits of that towards the end of that year and a half. I started seeing people say the things I wanted them to say behave the what exhibit the behaviors I wanted them to have and that really started to feel good and um, that's what the president and I talked about bringing to the academy as we're going you know we're still under 50 employees right now but our intent is to scale pretty pretty uh, majorly here over the next year um, and so bringing in that mindset of OKRs up front so that we can grow uh, learning that 
um, obeying that all the way through. Um, so that was one main goal. And then, you know, I really like, even though I'm an IT guy, I figured out I get more satisfaction from just managing people, coaching people, helping people to grow and helping teams work better. Um, that was another piece I wanted to do, um, from the operational side, which is why I chose a, an operation role and not a strict IT role. IT still falls under me here, but I do focus way more on the people side than I do IT. I love this, man. You're our, our tech expert coming in as a CIO, but you're saying to us, like, don't start with the tech. Like, you got to start with the goals, get your objectives in line, then get your people in line, and then you go find the technology that fits that. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because then you, you kind of have the right mindset then of how you're going to, you know, what does success look like? And, you know, I think too many people, you know, um, traditionally will try to find the tool that is going to do the job or make them successful. If I just had this tool and make me successful, but then you don't know what you're going to really do with it. Yeah. <laughs> but if you know your mindset of what does success look like and how do I measure that success, um, then it's easy to pick the tool that's going to, you know, help move the needle on, on that stuff. Yeah. And I'd like to explore that a little bit deeper and even some specifics you guys are looking at as you set up your OKRs, as you, you get the right people in place, do you feel like there's any specialty software or specialty tools out there that you found that like, well, actually, we don't need this tool that everyone else is using. We need something different. We need something that's a little unique to what we're we're in right now. That's been a great discovery, I guess, or journey, um, especially me not having any experience in the education space before. You know, I got here and, um, you know, we are typically a school, you know, basically a school. So you have your learning management softwares. Um, you have your... Um, uh, Oh, gosh, I can't think of the, the technical name for it. But you have your system that manages all your student records, grade, you know, outcomes and all that. Um, and then each group kind of has their thing. And so when I got here, it was it was the you know typical situation of where, um, you know, everyone is saying we need to use this. No, we need to use this. No, we need, it was kind of wasn't the right fit. And I think what you know, what we found so far is. First, starting off with the concept of you know CRM, customer relationship management. Um, let's let's manage our our students from input to output better, and let's get all the data we need around that to to make the right decisions along that process, make better decisions up front and in the end, and then let's see what pieces are missing after that, and let's maybe tap into some pieces. And so, you know, we're we're moving towards a everyone in our CRM, and then we're going to link to particular data sources that we find we need that are, that are missing from that. Um, and that seems to be, we're in the very initial stages of that, but that seems to be um, slowly starting to get us all together on the same page and, and looking at the same things on a daily basis. That's great. I love that you guys are going through that and looking at what you really need and, and yeah, not starting with just, Hey, let's go out and find the best tool and, try to adapt our culture to the tool. Cause I think that happens a lot. People, they go out and they say, okay, we need a better messaging platform. I don't like what I'm using now. I want to find something else. But then your culture changes to mold with the tool rather than setting your culture, setting that up and then finding, hey, let's find something that works for us. Yeah, yeah. Cool. The one I want to close with the question, just looking at, you know, we, we talk about the levels of a digital workplace, you know, going from level one where you're just office centric all the way up to level five, where you're really taking complete advantage of digital tools and experimenting with new things. So as you're putting this organization together at 1150 Academy, what does a level five digital workplace look like for you? Whether it's from the technology standpoint or from the productivity standpoint, what's your response to that? 
Yeah, gosh, no, that's a great question. And it's, and it's, I've probably changed my perspective, um, you know, unfortunately due to COVID um, on what that really should look like from you know, past perceptions that I might've had. But I think three points that I, that I touch on on there would be technology, culture, and, and leadership um, or, you know, management performance. Um, I think, um, you know, we're smaller here. Luckily, when I got here, there was already a large um, uh, aptitude for using mobile devices. You know, there's there's no desktops here. So everyone was already used to having a mobile device that they took with them to go home, which was good. So we didn't have to change any of that behavior. I think from the other technology piece, what we had to do is, you know, there were things that were here that we weren't using, you know, like Office 365, which has a a plethora of tools. Um, And so I'm still, and this is still ongoing right now, but I'm taking the leadership through training on, hey, this is what this tool does. This is how you can use it. Um, You know, here's how you can collaborate with documents. Here's how you get all these messages out of email and into something else. So it's easier to, to, you know, reference later and, and track. Um, so that, that's a technology piece, just that training on the power of some of the tools and how to use them effectively. Um, and then I think the culture leadership performance piece that's changed recently um, with COVID since everyone's being remote is I think that level five probably more looks like um, more, you know, more virtual meetings, even when you're in the office now. Um, I think that we'll still see when we're, we're back in the office, there's always going to be some sort of a video component and an in-person component, sort of like a hybrid. And you're not, and you're not really going to know where anyone is um, until you get in that meeting. You know, you may show up to the meeting one day and Neil might be there in person or I might show up one day and Neil's on the TV screen, um, you know, doing whatever. But he's at the meeting, he's engaged uh, and, and we're getting things done. And I think... That aspect coupled with um, management by objectives, you know, not having set work hours, um, not having set um, days in the office. It's just, hey, here's your here's your key objectives for this quarter. Um, here's what we want to drive to do. However you get that done, um, you know, it's kind of up to you. Just make sure you're, you know, you're able to, your team, you're there for your team when they need you. Um, you're there for meetings, but I don't think it matters where you're going to be at if you're in the office, if you're not in the office. And I think managers will have to adapt on uh, managing in, in that kind of aspect. And I think that creates a great culture balance for the employee to, uh, to be able to have that flexibility. Yeah. Uh, the has been a really encouraging conversation. I love especially my big takeaway is just all of your focus on management by objectives, OKRs, and how when you put that in place, when you provide that clarity to people, then that's when things like technology can really take off because now the technology is not standing in the way or dictating the culture. It's really enabling you to, to reach your goal. So I love that perspective and I'm, I'm glad you shared that with us. Uh, Dewana, if people want to know more about you, 1150 Academy, things like that, where should they go? Um, 1150.org. Numbers or words? It's all spelled out. Thanks for pointing that out. And um, they can obviously reach me uh, my profile's there on the um, about page, and uh, email address is just dneely at 1150.org. Uh, we also have Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Cool. Well, I appreciate the work you've done in government, and now that you're stepping into this new role, I think it's good, and I, I like your spirit, and we hope to be in touch with you again soon. Thanks, Neil. appreciate it. Thanks for letting me share this morning. This has been the Digital Workplace Podcast. 
you liked it, please take a minute to leave a review wherever you found it. Go to thedigitalworkplace.com and sign up for our twice a month newsletter. It keeps you up to date on the best ways to build a level five digital workplace. Music for the show is provided by City of Sound. I'm your host, Neil Miller. Keep moving forward.